Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the Browns crew in 91, Worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. It's Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick on Believe in the Browns. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can also find us at Browns Believe. That's at Browns, B-L-E-A-V, or at Believe Podcast. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts. And Tony, while we all know football is over for this season, NFL football. Right? NFL football, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got your, you got your sneaky spring college football coming in. So if you're, if you're look to put some sneaky spring college football bets, or it is March, so the madness is about to happen, and the NHL and NBA are in full swing. The only place you should be betting is BetOnline.ag. Tony, I've been happy the last few days. My Canes, a couple. Sneaky wins in there. The Q's got one last night. They're both playing today. We'll see what happens. Hey, Bet Online also covers the awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Bet Online has hundreds of props with real time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24 hour online casino. It never closes. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sports book experts. I don't know, Tony. Uh, who, do do you have any favorites for the NCAA tournament? Looking at it now, are you are you staying with the Zags? You know, at the their. Oh, is Georgetown still good? Oh, uh, your just, colorways. Yeah. yeah. This, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, Coach Thompson. Uh, yeah, I think I think I think Ewing's probably going to be fired after this year. Uh, well. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be going well for them. What so are you going to do, right? That, that's the way it goes. So, Tony, uh, let's say a lot of uh, sadness uh, surrounding Cleveland. This week we'll talk about a little bit about the 75th anniversary team. We'll probably end on that as that'll be kind of the high uh, to a certain extent. However, uh, passing of some Cleveland legends, right? Michael Stanley. Uh, I don't think anybody uh, who grew up in Cleveland uh, in the last, I don't know, what, 40, 50 years uh, did not hear or, or know of Michael Stanley. 
at some point. Kind of the, the Cleveland rock legend. I don't think there's going to be many like him in the future where it's just kind of that local fame that he had. Well, I, you know, I think with him, you know, I just, when I think of Michael Stanley, I think back to my days as a roller skater at the roller skating rink oh, on Friday yeah. nights. And, uh, and, and I always, you know, I distinctly remember, you know, when I was kind of uh, sitting the other day listening to some of his his music when I heard of his passing. I mean, he's probably one of those first people where, as a kid, you heard him on the radio and then you would hear, like, my older sister would say, oh, yeah, I know he's from Cleveland. And we're like, it was like, it was like that wow moment. Like, what? Yeah. Like, someone from Cleveland's on the radio? Like, that's crazy. And um, I think he's one of those folks where, I mean, he certainly stayed true to this area. I, I loved, um, I, you know, watching him on TV. He was like, you know, a fixture on television uh, for the longest time on TV8. And, um, you know, just an all-around good guy who always... Um, remembered where he was from and I think you know for those of us that are from here uh, obviously that it's important and it sticks with us so I, I don't know globally where, where the we, you know where the world stands on Michael Stanley but I know here in Cleveland like I said the the you know one of those guys that was a native son and never forgot you know where where he came from so just a just a stand-up guy and truly truly missed um, you know it's unfortunate right but we're all Unfortunately, we're all headed in that direction, right? Well, I mean, that's, uh, a, you know. that's some allegedly, allegedly, allegedly yeah, I mean, yeah. who knows? Yeah, technology might not save us, right? <laughs> um, so the passing of another Cleveland legend as well, uh, Joe Tate. Where I, I think if you've been in the sports world at all, uh, as as we were growing up, uh, you can't have not heard of Joe Tate. Uh, not even locally, you know, he had a. A presence kind of on the national scene but a guy here in Cleveland that everybody seemed to love I remember uh, I got in some trouble as a youth shall we say and one of my punishments um, I had to dress up as uh, McGruff the crime dog uh, at a uh, dare sponsored autographs Joe Tate autograph signing uh, so Joe was signing frisbees signing dare frisbees <laughs> in Medina Ohio <laughs> and, uh, and I was uh, McGruff the crime dog uh, there, uh, but Joe was very nice to me that day, so uh, that was my run-in with Joe. But I always enjoyed listening to him. Uh, and, and he, you know, once again, you know, I'm at the point now where every time one of these things happens, you get a little reminiscent. And as I was telling, um, you know, some of my friends, we were we were sit, sitting around having some sodas, and we were talking about Joe Tate, and we were just talking about just how fortunate we are to be from Cleveland. We've had some great teams, okay. But we've also had a lot of bad teams. But the one <laughs> consistent thing we had with the Cavs, even when they were bad and, and even when they were good, was Joe Tate. With the Indians, we've had Tom Hamilton. Before that, we had Herb Score. I mean, we've had we've been blessed with, with some great announcers. Because I've been to some other towns and I've listened to some other guys on the radio, and they, I mean, they just flat out suck. And, and I mean, to have a Joe Tate, to have a Tom Hamilton, Herb. I mean, we. We've had guys that are like next level guys, and we're kind of spoiled in that regard. And I don't think, you know, I don't think we really knew exactly what we had with Joe Tate. I'm not busting the the current group that's doing games, but there's it's there's a different it's a difference it's a huge difference, and it's like Tom Hamilton, you know. Like I said, when you go to another town and you're listening to a baseball game, you're like, man, like how do these people listen to a baseball game? Because Tom Hamilton's just doing it on a that's completely different level you know well, and that, i mean the good thing about guys like that is 
they're homers to an extent, yeah. but they're not afraid to oh. to criticize. Where I think a lot of the, the newer guys are just straight out homers, and they're afraid yeah. to say anything negative yeah. about the organization or a player at all. And it's like, hey, you're not saying they're a bad person. Say, hey, you know what? They happen to be playing like trash yeah. at, at the moment. Well, well and, and that's your, you know that's your job. But you know when you're when you're a radio guy, you're painting the picture. And, and I think that's sometimes what, what a lot of our, like even our students now coming up, they fail to realize that when you're on radio, you're painting the picture. No, nobody's Nobody sees what you're seeing. And I think probably one of the best, you know, Joe Tate stories for me was when, uh, when, when uh, Mr. Gund was talking about uh, when they first signed LeBron. And of course, you know, he, he could not see. So like his... The only thing he knew about LeBron James was just the words coming out of Joe Tate's mouth. And I'm like, wow, that's, when you think about that, it's like, that's pretty powerful, you know, stuff. And it's kind of a big responsibility for Joe Tate. But I, I you know, like I said, we're just extremely, extremely blessed. And, 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 you know, he's one of those guys, like I said, even when we absolutely sucked. And there were years where we absolutely sucked. It was Joe Tate. And, and maybe the only other guy would have been world be free. Would have been the only two reasons, you know, <laughs> to follow the Cavs. But uh, Joe Tate, his voice, like I said, you could be anywhere and just be entertained, whether we were winning or losing or whatever. Um, you know, he was part of the show. So be missed. You, you know, that, I don't know. Like I said, it was, it was, it was tough. You know, for him in 2016 to not be a part of, um, you know, that. But but I think. You know, I don't, I don't know. He's still, but the, the gift that he gave us up until then was just uh, probably just as magical as the championship itself. When you think of all the memories that you're in your head with the calls, memorable oh, calls, yeah. and everything else. So yeah, so can't beat that. And then now we have uh, the passing of a friend of yours, uh, a gentleman who I had the pleasure of meeting a couple years ago when he did come to campus and, and, and shared a little bit about his story, a guy who played for the Cleveland Browns, part of that uh, 1949 championship team. So, uh, you know, a guy who, who knows what it's about. and But a guy probably not many know. And as you were, in my opinion, essentially the team historian during your, you know, your, your last decade, there with the Browns and and the fact that unfortunately the the Browns did not recognize this uh, on any of their social sites. Um, Zeke O'Connor yeah. passed away. Tell us a little bit about Zeke, his backstory, because uh, I'm sure there's probably not a lot of Browns fans that that might be listening to this that that know a lot about a guy. Uh, that played on that 1949 team, but you know wasn't a superstar. But as a person, was yeah. a superstar. Yeah. Well, you, you know, it's one of those things where it, it, you know, when you look at a guy like Bill O'Connor, and, and, and hopefully, if you're out, if you're listening to this, you will take the time to kind of look up his. Um, yeah, just pull up his, his Wikipedia page, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, I mean, he's a guy that he's the 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 quintessential greatest generation guy like it, you're you're not you know unfortunately with his passing like the world has lost um someone that i i feel you you will never i don't know unless the generations behind us because i know my generation is not cranking these people out I, I i mean i just think he's one of those if you're a hollywood guy 
typecasting like just the ultimate alpha male it is it is bill o'connor um you know born born in new york he's got that that thick kind of brooklyn <laughs> accent to him which is which is just crazy and um and then when you look at his life, I mean, he did everything like the, the model American at that time could do, you know, just excelled at school, excelled at sports. He goes on to play football at Notre Dame. I mean, which at the time was like the biggest deal out there. Goes from Notre Dame, gets into the military. Well, uh, I mean, well he's at Notre Dame, right? Leaves Notre Dame, yeah. goes into the, the Navy, military, and yeah. then goes back to Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and it's just... And then he ends up getting, uh, you know, his first team he played with the Buffalo Bills in the AAFC. Um, so he got to play against the Browns um, for one season. and, and Probably got, didn't got enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 48 was our undefeated season. But then he ends up getting the opportunity to play for the Browns in 49. Gets to win a championship with that team. And, and then he kind of, you know, his career after that, he just kind of, you know, bounced from team to team to team. And then eventually... It won a Grey Cup when he went to the CFL. Oh, yeah, yeah, Grey Cup and, and a AFC Championship. But um, it, you know, eventually, and this is the amazing thing about that era, because I always talk about guys like Bill Willis. You know, Bill Willis ends up leaving the Browns to take a job as the first rec director for the city of Cleveland because one, he wanted to work with kids, and two, it paid more than it did. <laughs> which imagine that being yeah. a rec director. But but with uh, Zeke. You know, he left, and he ends up taking a job with Sears Roebuck. And, and so we've already done the grew up in Brooklyn, went to Notre Dame, played professional football, championship, the AAFC championship, Grey Cup. But the crazy thing is he goes to Sears, and to me, that's when his life really gets interesting. I mean, yeah. we, would, we would take all those things there, and that yeah. would be yeah, a and complete World life. War II thrown in there, yeah, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that would be a complete life for most of us. Um, but he, he goes... Um, and works for Sears, and he worked in their outdoor division, um, you know, Sears Roebuck. And, and the crazy thing is, like, the two guys that he worked with the most were Ted Williams, um, you know, with the fishing, you know, he had a fishing division. So he would tell, he told me stories. He would, like, take, he'd get, like, a brand-new boat. they load it up with rods, reels, all the lures, all that stuff, and he would drive down to Florida, and he would meet Ted Williams, and he would literally spend a month, month and a half just fishing, telling stories, trying out rods and reels, something. Well, you know, that's gotta be the greatest <laughs> job on the planet. And then, um, you know, Sears, their camping division, uh, Sir Edmund Hillary. What, what, you know, they named the line after and, him. And for those folks who don't know, give us a quick drop on who Sir Edmund Hillary is. Well, well, <laughs> well he's the uh, well, just happens just, to just, be the just happens to be the first person to climb up the Mount Everest. Yeah, 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 there we go. All right, that's, that's all everybody really. Is. You can do more research on your yeah. own, but to, just yeah. to not digress too much. Yes, the first person to summit Mount Everest, yeah, which right? is kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. So, <laughs> so all right. So he's working with Ted Williams and Sir Edmund Hillary. And and so then. He's not he's not into mountain climbing like he's never been in. But obviously, if he's tied in with Sir Edmund Hillary, he's he's going to have to you know <laughs> better do learn the same it. thing, yeah. right? So he ends up going to Nepal, and uh, Hillary takes him out there, and and they go and they they're they're summiting uh, you know several different levels of Everest, and while he's out there, the the Sherpas who are just uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a, it's a group of people um you know in that area that their job is they live in that area they're natives of that area their job really and it's a very dangerous one is to set up camps for the people trying to uh summit everest it's a very dangerous job very it doesn't pay well um but but there are poor people uneducated people and zeke notices that and um ends up going back to canada 
and he forms this um, Sir Edmund Hillary Foundation and starts raising money for these Sherpas, builds them schools, builds them, uh, you know, hospitals. And they, they, these are things that he continued to do all the way up until he passed this Saturday. And um, which is another thing that kind of uh, makes Well, me his daughter still runs the, the foundation. She still runs it, yes, yeah. So, um, you know, the thing that cracks me up, though, is, that, you know, a couple years ago, I had a student was telling me just how busy they were and they weren't able to get things done. I was like, well, you know, really, because I just got off a phone with a 93-year-old man who, in his spare time, uh, built a hospital, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and unfortunately, he was going to go there a few years ago, um, you know, to visit the hospital they had built, and it was, a, it was the year they had that kind of tragic, um, you know, landslide there, and it crushed a lot of the stuff that had been built, and... And he was, you know, immediately he was on the phone trying to figure out what they got to do to rebuild it. But um, just, a, just an amazing guy. And for me, uh, you, you know, the, the COVID has, uh, is, I don't know, COVID has taken a, a lot of things away from us in the last year. But I think probably for me, you know, when I found out the new Saturday, top of the list has got to be the fact that I didn't get a chance to go back and visit him because... Uh, I think it was it came up on my time. It was like two, probably yeah, two, two years, years ago. ago. In the summer, you guys went right. Yeah, yeah. My daughter uh, woke up. It was just my oldest and me were home one day, and she wanted to get chicken wings. And uh, instead of going somewhere here locally, I said, "Why don't we just go up to Buffalo?" So we went up to Buffalo. I um, got some chicken wings. Uh, they have them up there. Uh, <laughs> and, um, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. So uh, while we were there, I said, "You know what the heck? We're we're almost halfway to Toronto. We might as well just go visit Zeke." So. I had our passports in the um, glove box, and we ended up going up. Phone, in the... wallet, passport, keys, right? Yeah, He got there at some point, right? <laughs> so we ended up going up and visiting him. It was, it was, it was. Um, to be honest with you, it, that was, uh, it, you know, when you talk about investments in time, like that investment of time for me, it paid huge dividends because he he was at that time. Um, in, an, in a, no, I wouldn't even call it an assisted living facility. It was essentially an apartment for just older yeah. folks. And um, I just, I'll never forget, I called him and I, I told him, I said, hey, we got a hotel, we're down the street, would you want to eat lunch? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, and they have to schedule times where he's yeah. at to, for a reservation for dinner. And I'll just never forget him just beaming when we walked in. And it was me, my daughter, and him. Just to see all of the people that he lived with, like, oh, like a visitor is here. And, it, and you know, my daughter being younger, um, you know, oh, a kid, you know, like a 16-year-old kid. Is, it, like, it was just so, like I said, it was, it was a pretty awesome deal. And he was beaming, glowing, and people kept asking, is this your son? You know, and he said, no, it's my friend Tony and his daughter. And we go through the whole spiel. And, and then we just sat down and talked, just talked about life, talked about football. And um, just a good dude, just a solid solid guy and unfortunately from you know we're getting ready to celebrate the uh the 75th anniversary of this team i mean in the last you know three four years we've lost some of the some of the great great guys from the 40s i mean uh you know era parsegian obviously being there but uh i put zeke even though playing time wise zeke probably wasn't you know one of one of the guys you would think of you know when you think of those teams from the 40s but like I said, if, if you ever had the opportunity to talk to the guy, I mean, you can't help but be impressed. And, and even if you've never talked to him, if you look up his stuff, there should be a just. A I mean, just here you go. I'll guys. give you two little tidbits just just from you know digging around and having met him and, and and talked to him a little bit. This is a guy that while he was playing for the Jersey City Giants and the New York Yanks after leaving the Browns in that '49 season, 
figured, you know what I'm going to do while I'm playing in professional football? I'm going to get a master's degree from Columbia University. And, then, <laughs> and while I'm working for Sears, I'm going to call the Grey Cup and uh, CFL games for 30 years no. as well as I'm working my way up to VP of public relations oh, really? at, at one of the, you know, at the time, one of the biggest companies in the world. So, yeah, Sears Robot. You know, huge. I mean, yeah. so so you're looking at it. Uh, this guy was a success in, in literally everything he did. And one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And, you know, if you haven't, um, you know, if, if you get a chance, his, the book that he wrote uh, is amazing. So yeah. take take a you know a look at that and and you'll get some info kind of on his life and his background and um, so yeah it's 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 sad to see it happen but at least you know I got to meet him and know him a little bit but I know you knew him uh, much better than I did so uh, no just good people and like I said you know the, the 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 hard part when you look around in the world we live in now is and I'm not. I don't want to say I'm not knocking the current, but I'm knocking even my own generation. My generation, has, I can't think of a single person that we cranked out that's even on the level of this guy. Like, not even <laughs> not even remotely close. I mean, this, everything he touched was, was just turned to gold, and he just lived this charmed life. And it was all based on just him just never settling, man. Like, he, from the time he woke up to the time he went to bed, he was going 100 miles an hour all the way up till this past Saturday. You know, and that's just, you know, I don't know. You can only hope to live, um, you know, heck, a tenth of the life that he lived. It, it's just it's just crazy, crazy. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. So if you get a chance, look him up. Certainly a guy who, um, who left the world a lot better than he found it. I mean, like, his efforts in Nepal are just... Um, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know too many people that are going into impoverished areas and, and deciding to make a change and then going through with it to the point of building hospitals and, and schools and yeah, just I mean, leaving a lasting legacy. Yeah, crazy. So, so at least at least we'll have that. At least we'll have that. Yeah. So when you're thinking 75th anniversary of the team and thinking of the guys we should be honoring, he's certainly on that list. And I, I you know, I believe you know with his passing, our our current oldest living alumni um would would now be um dub jones down in uh, louisiana so you know hopefully dub lives a long long maybe i mean he's another guy you, know, you talk about we got to get him on the show here one time i mean you talk about an amazing guy I mean, he's a guy that up to a couple years i haven't talked to him in a couple years but two years ago you know, he, he basically had just gotten off a horse. He was out hunting a horseback, um, you, you know, so in his mid-90s, you know, just jumping jumping around on a horse shooting a gun. So, you know, that's always good stuff. Yeah, that's always <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. So before we do transition to that 1946 chat and then the 75th anniversary kind of celebration throwback jersey stuff, we want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process, just as important. 
and for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to flip or sell your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selections. So, and as you said last time, Tony, right? I mean, essentially any sneaker that you're flipping on that space is going to be more than a hundred bucks. Yeah. So, so you're essentially getting the free sale there and then you just, you're collecting your money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And unfortunately, unfortunately for me, I did not get in on the Jordan one retro drop the other day. Um, but I, I have been kind of following, monitoring it. it, it <laughs> once it hits $300, I'm pouncing on a pair of them. They are, they're a slick pair of shoes. Okay. But, uh, All right. You know? All right. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. All right, so, Tony, the 1946 Browns season, I know the 75th anniversary is more of a celebration of the franchise kind of in and of itself. Uh, the Browns are hosting something today, so on clevelandbrowns.com at 8 p.m. tonight, a uh, special hour-long uh, episode of, you know, Browns Live, uh, kind of talking about the history of the team and, and the – origination shall we say of the of the cleveland browns a pretty good uh pretty good roster right i mean <laughs> some guy named otto graham you know marion motley max speedy lou groza uh what are your thoughts on just some of the uh celebratory elements that you think the browns could incorporate or what do you think of uh, the celebration? Well, I, I know I know for many many years the team was, and it's not just current ownership. I, I mean, it's been the last you know couple sets of ownerships. There was like there was always a hesitation to um, you know reach back to the history of the team because um, you know as a lot of people would put it, we don't want to remind people that it's been so long since we've won. But I think you know with last season the way it went. Um, I would hope that we're at this point where we can embrace um, our tradition our, in our history a little bit better. Because if you look at the first 10 years of this team, you know, 46 to 55, it, you would be hard-pressed. And I, I, I don't care who you're talking about. It, it, New England Patriots, you know, currently Steelers, whoever, uh, 49ers. No, no team uh, in football has ever had a ten-year stretch like that. Ten years. Oh, Tony, come on! I mean, Seven championships in ten years, <laughs> I mean, and competing for the championship uh, all ten years. Two, yeah, it's, it's insane. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely insane. When and you went through that lineup, you know the amazing thing about that lineup is, you know, out of all the guys that were on that team, I think there may have only been two or three on the whole entire roster who were not able to serve in the military. And one of them was Hall of Famer Bill Willis, who wasn't allowed to be in, I, I believe he um, was trying to enlist in the Army, and they wouldn't let him in because he had varicose veins. And we're thinking, you know, that's how yeah. selective the process was. Yeah. And you're thinking, here's a guy that ends up being, you I know. I didn't mention Dante Lavelli either. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, so. but, but, yeah, in, in those guys, like you know, like I said, and this goes back to what I said about Zeke O'Connor. This is a completely different generation. I mean, when you look at the picture of these guys, their quote-unquote rookie pictures in 46, this is a pack of men, like actual grown dudes. You know, these aren't, <laughs> there's nothing, you know, kid-like about any of them. They just, because they had experience, they come in and experience things that, you know, fortunately, you know, kids coming in now 
haven't had to experience and they just were a, it was a totally different breed of people and um that roster you know when you look you think of coach brown and just the the folks that he signed and how he signed them i mean he literally like auto uh dante um Luke Rosa, these were guys that he signed like a military contracts with them, or he signed them while they were enlisted and said, hey, listen, I'm going to give you X amount of dollars per month, and then whenever you're done, then you could come play football for me. And um, it's funny, I know, uh, and he was joking when he said it, but uh, Dante Lavelli used to say, I might have been the only American in the country who was uh, rooting for World War II to never end, because <laughs> you know, he said, I, you know, I was getting my army check, and then... There's, he was, they were sending checks to Joy, you know, his wife, um, and she was able to pay for the house and do all those things. And he's like, man, it, it was, an, you know, other than the fact that he had German shooting at yeah, him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, slightly, you know. But, uh, then, you know, and then you got, you know, Lou, um, great story with Lou Groza, signed his first contract in a foxhole in Okinawa. And it's like, wow, I, I mean, you know. Who's doing that? You know, and that's just a, a totally, totally different, totally different generation, totally different group of just, people. And but. just think of that 1946 team, right? They points four, right? So mm-hmm. scoring wise, they outscored the next closest team by a third. Mm-hmm. Okay, they had 423 points. The next closest team had 307 right so you the 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 san francisco 49ers would have had to have scored a third more points than they did and they still would have been behind the cleveland browns right and then from a defensive standpoint only gave up 137 again the next closest team 52 points more so the next closest team gave up about 40 percent more points than the browns yeah Well, the thing you have to understand is, and ultimately, you know, if you look at the AAFC, the reason the AAFC went under as as a league was because the Browns were so dominant. I I mean, you know, no no one could even come close to competing with them. They they were in four years, won four titles. Uh, They went a stretch of thirty eight games where where thirty nine games where they were unbeaten. You know, between forty seven and forty nine, including that undefeated forty eight team. Here's how dominant they were, though. This this is prior to 46. So 1945, if you can imagine, the Cleveland Rams in 1945 win the NFL championship. They are champions of the NFL, the, the quote-unquote biggest yeah, yeah. You know, league in, in pro football. They find out that Paul Brown is going to be coaching a team in Cleveland that's going to be competing with them for fans. They immediately packed up their stuff, and they headed to Los Angeles. This is a true story. Uh, they were so concerned with having to compete with with any team. I mean, they hadn't even seen them play. You know, they were just looking at the roster and they're like, "We got to go." You know, so <laughs> they packed up their stuff and moved. So imagine that. I mean, um, imagine you know Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you, you know, winning the Super Bowl this year, and then someone comes down and says, "Hey, we're going to start up a team here next year, and we're we're going to see if we can compete against you." And Tampa Bay's like, "We got to get out of here. There's no way we're." <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what you had, and um, that just it speaks volumes to the coach that Paul Brown was. It speaks volumes to just how first class, world class that organization was that uh, Mickey McBride put together. I mean, everything he did was like first class. That was. You know, between him and, and Paul Brown, that was their thing. We want to be the New York Yankees 
of professional football. That's, I mean, that's direct quotes from them, and they wanted everything to be first class. The players that they had, they were all top shelf guys. I mean, anybody got out of line, they just they got them out of there. Um, you know, coach didn't put up with any of that stuff, and it's just it's 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 really a, a pretty awesome, pretty amazing um, group of people. And uh, I like I said, you go through that list and just see how many. Hall of Famers were on that first team, which, you know, is crazy. But um, I don't know. Fun fact, though, I think uh, with all the Hall of Famers that were on that team, I, I believe the only the only starter who eventually ended up in the Hall of Fame was uh, Bill Willis, the only starter. Hmm. Uh, yeah, the first game Cliff Lewis started at quarterback. He was a local kid, started at quarterback over Otto Graham, and it was about halfway through the game because Otto was playing defense, too. About halfway through the game, where coach is like, "Man, I think we got to make a switch here." <laughs> Once they yeah. made a switch, Cliff never came off the bench again. Um, but uh, just a super, super talented group, man. And and in a lot of local guys, um, you know, Bill Lund, um, he was an amazing guy. Um, just you know, super humble, um, super humble guy. You look at uh, Max. Well, you know, Max Speedy just ended up in that Hall of Fame. He was just he was another guy, just tremendous. Um, one of the reasons we put up so many of those points, um, you know, that was the original West Coast offense. You know, um, they they threw the ball that, and and that wasn't really at that time a big thing to do. In fact, it was kind of frowned upon. I mean, I know this isn't forty six related, but it, well, but if you're talking seventy fifth anniversary, I mean, you're yeah. talking a celebration of the franchise, and that's where I think there really needs to be some more stuff about hey, you know, Cleveland has eight championships yeah. in professional oh, yeah. football. At, at an elite level. This isn't like, you know, they're talking some league that nobody played in or anything. And even if you want to say, hey, you know, we're not going to count or the AAFC championships aren't quite what they could have been. Okay, they have four NFL championships. Well, and the funny thing is, so 49, they win the championship, and they actually, the, the very last game they played wasn't the championship game. They, they ended up playing an all-star game down in Texas, and the whole rest of the league put an all-star team together and uh, played the, tried to play the Browns. I think the final score is fourteen to nine. We we lost, but it, it, you know fourteen to nine. You're playing every All Star from every yeah. other team a week after winning the championship, and you got to drive a train all the way from. They were in a train from Cleveland all the way to Texas. Well, anyhow, and that team had been waiting for them for two weeks. They had been practicing for them, but anyhow, uh, 1950. The NFL, you know, reluctantly agrees to bring the Browns into the NFL. And the commissioner at the time it was not a fan of that fact. So he ends up, very first game in the NFL, he forces them to play the defending champs, the Philadelphia Eagles, in Philadelphia. And um, Browns basically go in there and just slapped them. I think it was 35-10. to 10. I mean, my, my memory's failing me, but I, I think it was 35-10. to 10. We, we win that first game, and after it's over, their, their coach... Um, his name was Greasy Neal. The, the reporters were asking him, man, you guys just got waxed. Like, what do you think? He's like, well, of course we lost. I mean, we were playing football. They were playing basketball. And what he was referring to was the fact that the Browns were throwing the ball and at that time was kind of frowned upon. So I, Paul Brown is offended by this. You know, so he ends up, okay, we're a basketball team, fine, whatever. The very next time they played the Eagles, they went the entire game without throwing. I believe they threw the ball one time, and it, it got called. It was a uh, procedural call, so it got taken off the books. So they went the whole entire game, ran the ball every single play, and beat them again. And that was kind of Paul Brown's way of saying, hey, we, we were no joke. I mean, we, you know, you could say we came from a lesser league, but 
we just waxed your champions twice. <laughs> once throwing the ball, once running the ball. And then in the uh, that championship in 50, they end up beating the Rams, which is an amazing team, uh, to win that first their first title in their first year in the NFL. So, um, yeah, for anybody to say, you know, they were a lesser team from a, a lesser league, uh, you know, I don't know. There you have it. But No, and, that, and that's, I think, my big gripe with any of the ownerships, especially since the newer, the Browns, the new Browns, right, came yeah. in, you know, the 20 years ago, whatever, is is the fact that, yeah, it's been a long time since we won a championship, but you know what? How about acknowledging that we've won championships, yeah. right? I mean, setting something to aspire to, right? That should be the thing that you do in an organization when you've had, as you mentioned, you had a stretch of unparalleled success there is no other team in this sport at the professional level that has had a run like that where for 10 consecutive years you played for the championship and then you won seven of those championships five of them in a row yeah yeah uh, and it's one of those things too if you look at jim brown and, you know, he comes on the team in 57. So we had that stretch from 46 to 55. You had kind of an off year in 56. But then in 57, look at the draft we had in 57. I mean, you're drafting, um, you bring in the Gene Hickerson, you bring in uh, Jim Brown. I mean, you, you have this amazing draft, and now all of a sudden, like, you haven't lost a step. But when you talk to Jim Brown, like, Jim Brown was excited to play for the Cleveland Browns because of those first 10 years. Yeah. Like, he watched Marion Motley. He watched me blow. He knew who these people were. And, 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 you know, that for him, that inspired his play that, hey, there's a standard here that I have to live up to. And that carried on into the 70s. I mean, yeah, we had some off years, but we had some really good teams. I, there, there's kind of that, I always said it was like the lost lost generation of the Browns, like 68, 68 to 72, 73. We had some amazing teams that were there, but, you know, we ended up losing to the Dolphins. You know, it, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, they're undefeated in 72. I, I mean, clearly we weren't the only team. Well, I mean, that's them. the thing. I mean, the Browns were in, you know, essentially what was the NFC mm-hmm. championship game mm-hmm. in in 68 and 69 to play in Super Bowl yeah. two and Super Bowl three. Yeah. And so – they lost to the Colts, so I mean they could have been, or, or sorry, three and four. They they lost to the Colts. Could have been the team that played that that Joe Namath Jets squad, yeah. and then they lost to the Vikings, who then ended up losing, I believe, to the Chiefs uh, that year. So it, it's yeah. one of those things where, hey man, you, they were right there. They were competing oh, for championships. Yeah, and, and you know, it, I I think he's one of the most humble guys out there but uh when you think about it like a Leroy Kelly we talk a lot about Jim Brown but man it's unfortunate that Leroy Kelly has lived in the shadow of Jim Brown because I think Leroy <laughs> Kelly was every every bit as good I mean obviously he's not gonna when when Jim was on the team he wasn't gonna be the first guy to get the ball but then when you look at you know the rest of his career after Jim retired I mean he was putting up incredible numbers playing on just absolutely trash fields um and you know yeah so it, it that where we really, I think where we really got tripped up was when the team, and, and this is probably an understatement for most of our fans out there, when the team left town, I think the problem you had was when we returned, there was there was that three year gap where there wasn't a pa- I feel like there wasn't a passing of the torch, like the baton got dropped, yeah. and um, and we've been we've been kind of chasing that ever since, and and now. 
you know, I don't want to, I don't want to make light of anyone who's played 99, you know, but I just don't know how much of a history was there. The game has changed too, because you have guys now that, you know, I don't know if there's as much of a loyalty towards the team that you're playing for. And, you know, if you look at that 46 roster, a large majority of those guys were either from here or they're from Big Ten. You know, they're people that were well, familiar and, with the area. And to just even talk about Leroy Kelly, right, to go back to that for a second, here you go. The six seasons after Jim Brown retired, pro bowler, all six of those years. Four of those years, first team all pro. One of those years, second team all pro. Two times he led the league in rushing, and three times he led the league in rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, he played with Jim for two years, but you tack on those two years to those exceptional totals as well, and you're, again, talking about a guy that now reaches that legendary status that Jim has. Yeah, he... I, I say it all. It, it's fun. It's funny because you're saying you, you know he's a he's a Hall of Famer, and you're saying, but you're saying he's <laughs> underrated. But as sometimes far, it happens. Yeah, sometimes I mean, it happens. I, I think he is grossly underrated, and 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 I don't think it, I don't know. I, there's nothing you can do about it because there's Jim is always going to be Jim. Yes, you're not getting around that. But um, but yeah, no, just the the names. Like I said, I I I love this organization. I the the history. I mean, we should be. The, you don't have to. You don't have to be ridiculous and call yourself America's team and pound your chest, but you can at least say, "Hey, here's our body of work. Like, just take a look at it. Like, you don't. It'll speak for itself. You don't have to crow." And when you, like I said, you look at the 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 stories and the, I don't know. I look at a guy like Lou Groza. Like, how are we? I, I know we have a street named after. And once again, I say he's underrated. We have a street named after him. We got statues and leagues named after him here in the area, but. There's a guy that played 21 years in the NFL, signed 21 one-year contracts. Can you imagine that? 21 one-year contracts. It, it, crazy. And um, just c- consistent, a guy who played tackle position at a, at a Hall of Fame level and then was kicking extra points and field goals. I, I mean, imagine yeah. that. I mean, Joe Thomas, I'm not taking anything away from Joe Thomas, Could you? but could you imagine if, if Joe Thomas was our Yeah. You know, well, well, that's the thing. I mean, I think... We don't do, a, as I mentioned, a good enough job of celebrating the successes that this organization has had. I think we focus too much, which, okay, three winning seasons out of, out of 21, but this organization as a whole still has a winning record, even yep. with that yep. on the docket, right? With a 1-15 season, with an 0-16 season. So... Try not to be defined by those two seasons. Set the standard as we had this run. We are a championship organization. This is where we need to be. And I just don't think we've done it. And I I hope it it seems like we're turning the corner a little bit. Stefanski seems to have brought a little bit of that back. And and I'm happy the team is, you know, I want to see what the celebration really is of the 75th. Well, yeah, uh, anniversary, it, it, and, and I hope they really ramp up that history piece. Well, and and you know, for me, it can't just be lip service, and it can't just be it can't just be a quote unquote celebration in an effort to move tickets. Like, hey, everybody, come buy tickets and watch us celebrate the team. Or and our throwback jersey. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, let's get that right. Um, you know, it's it, but it's just one of those things where the 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 when you buy the team. For 1.1 billion dollars, 
it wasn't worth $1.1 billion based on the team that was currently playing when you bought it. Uh, <laughs> if, if that was the case, you would have got it for about $300 million, okay? <laughs> You you bought you didn't get us get the stadium you just didn't get the players current, the uniforms that cost you got all two thousand plus guys that have ever put on the uniform they all come with it like that's all part of it and and if you're gonna you know not utilize that resource that that you got, it it just doesn't make any sense to me because you know while you do want to focus on winning a I get that like you want to focus on winning with the guys that are out there now. There's still enough time in the day to, to celebrate the rest. But that's of it. A, but that's Tony. That's why you have departments in an organization, yeah. right? That's why you have an alumni relations department. They're not going up to the coaching staff saying, "Hey guys, I need you to come out yeah. and do take time away from your <laughs> film study." No, they're reaching out to the guys that have been part of that history, part of the tradition of this organization, and getting them out in the yeah. community and and having them connect with that fan base in a myriad of different ways, from little kids to you know, senior citizens yeah. that are, you know, have a, an affinity for the Browns. That's what that part of the organization is for. And, it, yeah. and by doing that, you are in no means taking away anything from an organization, especially from my standpoint, having worked with an organization that I thought did it extremely, extremely well in the Miami Dolphins and the way they treated their alumni and all of the great programs that they run for the, from them. And then an organization that, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I don't even know if we acknowledged we had alumni when yeah. I was there. I mean, it was like, we talked to Leroy Selman, and that was essentially it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it was, you know, and, and we kept pushing them year after year, like, hey, you know, when Gruden got there, it, he brought a couple of those guys back. But, yeah. I mean, and it's still struggling in, in terms of, you know, it's, having it's, a good organization down there. And it, from that piece, since some of the guys have stayed down there, and you have guys like Derek Brooks, right, it, it yeah. helps. But I don't think that connection is quite as strong as it could be. And I think, you know, you and Dino did a great job here in Cleveland. Kevin's doing an Kevin's okay doing job. But, job, yeah. you know, it, it's and that's part of being a fan of the organization is that you want to see these guys. Oh. You know, it, yeah. it's, I mean. Yeah. No, I, I and, and, you know, I don't know. But, and, and hopefully, hopefully this will kind of be an eye opener for them. Um, because the last thing you want to see is. Not that I'm rooting against, I mean, don't read this the wrong way. I'm not rooting against this current team being successful. Like, if, But my one fear is that if we win a championship, now all of a sudden those other, we get even yeah. further away from yeah. those other teams. And, you know, obviously it's difficult because you have guys, you know, from the 40s that are, you know, that's just a reality. I mean, uh, you, you know, you're going to be losing guys every year. But um, <clears throat> that's just where, to me, you have to, if, the, if we know that's the case, then we should, all of our resources and, and a majority of our focus should be in, like, getting those uh, histories of them on, on film and interviewing them and paying homage to them one last time because, you know, once they're gone, they're gone, and all those stories go with them. <clears throat> I'm sorry, but, you know, in, in a guy like, you know, Zeke O'Connor, that's the same thing. Like, now that Zeke has passed, He's told me the stories. He's told other people the, sto the stories. But, you know, me retelling the story is not as good as it coming from him. I mean, because he remembers every detail. I just remember bits and pieces. And, um, you know, that, that for me was always the fun part of the job was, re <clears throat> you know, reaching out and talking to the guys and hearing their stories. I don't know what I mean. I got like a frog in my throat here. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> but it's just if you, once, once they're gone, those, those stories are gone, too. So hopefully, 
as part of our you know season-long celebration and I'm sure they're on this so they, they got a great video department you know that they're, they're well, let's say they have know, all the resources there's yeah. no doubt about that it's yeah. the commitment to to do it and I know it takes time and effort and energy and and hopefully some of those uh, resources that the organization has gets invested in that because you know you don't want us to be stretching the people that are already in those departments then because they already have their jobs to do uh, you know bringing on somebody to kind of really focus on as you say you know creating those videos creating those yeah don't, don't pieces put, don't put all of your focus into and I feel like sometimes not just the Browns but any team don't put your focus on merchandise and what can we you know what can we move and sell here. Focus on actually paying attention to the history and solidify your fan base to the, the to the point where they understand that you truly are loyal and you care about the history of the team. And then the rest of that stuff will come. Like yeah. people are going to spend money. I mean, we've proven in this town we're going to spend money on this team. Yeah. I mean, come on. We we're zero and sixteen, one and fifteen. We're still like in line getting tickets the next year. So yeah. don't worry on that. But but so worry about you know Dub Jones guys that. Um, you know, let's get out there and interview him. He's in Ruston, Louisiana. I can I can send you the address if you need it. Um, let, let, let's. Well, if they don't do, do it, it, maybe we get, we got to start doing it then. Yeah. Uh, so we'll maybe we'll start doing that for yeah. him. Uh, so Browns backers, I think that's all we got for you today. But as we said, right, ClevelandBrowns.com today, 8 p.m. Uh, check out the special hour-long episode, uh, uh, Browns Live 75th anniversary special. I'm interested to see uh, kind of what the focus is uh, for the Browns and and maybe uh, hear what they might be doing this season to to really celebrate this, other than coming out with uh, a new jersey for everybody to buy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. So, all right, Browns backers, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. All right, jump check. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.